welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie, the Death by Bungie podcast. This is an interesting podcast. I am recording this podcast on March 5th, 2021. And that means it is the anniversary of a very important day. And that is that I saw Metallica for the first time on March 5th, 1989 at the Broome County Arena in Binghamton, New York. <laughs> you guys want to do some singing with us tonight? You guys want to do some screaming with us? Right, another question, you got the album That was the first really big concert that I ever went to. Specifically, it was the first general admission concert that I ever went to, and it was a real eye-opener. You'd have to think back to that time, to that era. Hair bands were the all the rage at the time. Metallica was kind of on the outskirts of popular music. They weren't so much as popular as the other bands. That was a kind of big deal to me and my friends. We went up there and it was a very memorable outing. Enough of that. That's not about crossbows. That doesn't have anything to do with crossbows, archery, or hunting in general. It doesn't have anything to do with the substance that you would expect on talking with Bungie. Now, does it? Another important thing about March 5th, however, is, as you probably guessed from the title of this video, is that Fred Bear was born on March 5th, 1902. He was born right here in Pennsylvania, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. And that started the Fred Bear story. And I thought it would be interesting because I know a little bit about Fred Bear, but not a lot. We all know if we've paid attention as archery aficionados, as people who like arch the archery business. We all know a little bit about Fred Bear, recognize the name, understand that he was very much into traditional archery. He is the father of Bear Archery, right? He founded that company. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to go through sort of the life story of him as a tribute to Fred Bear, but also so that I learn a little bit more about it. So we give a little more thought to his story and how that impacted the development of archery. And I also want to talk a little bit at the end about crossbows and Fred Bear. I touched on this a little bit and I got the idea to do this podcast when I looked at Barrex crossbows recently. Barrex is just the crossbow wing, the crossbow division of Bear Archery. Bear Archery makes a lot of compound bows and traditional recurves, that sort of thing. And Barrex is the branding for their crossbows. And I had commented a little bit during that video that perhaps making crossbows wasn't something that sat well with Bear Archery. I wonder, and I got a comment or two on this topic as well, how crossbows would have sat with Fred Bear. And we're going to speculate a little bit about this as we go forward. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article on Fred Bear on this date, and I will read from that. We'll go through it. We'll dissect it. I'm kind of going to do this podcast in a similar 
style to those crossbow website review videos that I'm doing right now. I hope people are liking those as much as I am. And I suspect based on the number of views I'm getting on the YouTube channel that people are enjoying those. And I'm glad to hear it because I really enjoy making those videos and I get requests for more and more manufacturers. So I'm struggling to keep up with them, but I will do my best. But this is an important topic, especially given that today is Fred Bear's birthday, the anniversary of his birth, at least. He has passed uh, on, of course, back in 1988, and that is the first thing that we see in this Wikipedia article. Born March 5th, 1902, and died on April 27, 1988, a year or so before that Metallica concert. Now, that's kind of interesting. It's interesting in that we are putting it in perspective, putting his life in perspective in terms of history and the years. Wikipedia describes him as an American bow hunter, bow manufacturer, author, and television host. He was born in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, as we discussed, although he didn't start bow hunting until he was 29 years old and did not master the skill for many years. He is widely regarded as a pioneer in the bow hunting community. I think that is 100% true, of course. Uh, he's one of the big names in the archery business, in the history of modern archery. Bear was a world traveler, film producer, and the founder of Bear Archery and Outdoor Company that still exists. He died in Gainesville, Florida, and is in the Bow Hunters Hall of Fame. Interesting. You got to put in perspective his history, his life, and the, the time, the life and times in which he lived. He was born in 1902. 1902, the turn of the century. Remember that Fred Bear was born 120 years ago, 119 years ago. That's an awful long time. 1902 was before my grandparents were born. Before my grandparents, I'm 50 years old. My grandparents died anywhere from their 60s to their 80s, but they had not been born by the time yet when Fred Bear was born. 1902, uh, actually, my wife, daughter, and I recently watched a movie with John Wayne and Ron Howard and Jimmy Stewart. It might ring a bell. You might be thinking, oh, I know what movie he's talking about. That movie was The Shootist. And I believe The Shootist was set in 1901 or 1902. The Shootist was, I believe, John Wayne's last picture, interestingly enough. And it's my favorite John Wayne picture, that's for sure. But The Shootist was set, and I read the novel back when I was a kid. I read the book back in high school. That book and that story is set at the end of the gunfighter era when John Wayne's character was the last of a dying breed of gunfighters. And that's kind of what the story is about. He is dying in that movie, but also all the gunfighters and the Old West is dying off with him. Remember in that movie, if you've ever seen it in the movie, there is a scene where John Wayne's character is speaking with one of his old enemies while John Wayne is seated with his lady friend in a wagon, a carriage, horse-drawn carriage. 
the old enemy is driving a horseless carriage, right? He's driving a car. But put that in perspective. There were no automobiles mass produced when Fred Bear was born. This is before the time of automobiles. He was born at a time when people still rode horses if they wanted to get anywhere. You could take a train or you could ride on a horse. You could ride in a stagecoach. You probably owned horses of your own if you ever wanted to travel outside of your town. The Model T wasn't invented until years later. I think that was invented 1908, if I remember, 1908, 1910, somewhere around then. That's when Ford began manufacturing what was basically the first mass-produced automobile. So years later. So this is the era in which he grew up. Remember, it was before World War I, before the Great Depression. When Fred Bear was growing up, he probably would have been, not probably, but he definitely would have been in his 20s during the Roaring Twenties. He would have been in his 30s during the Great Depression. 30s and 40s for World War II. This is the life that Fred Bear would have led. Interesting. And we know this just based on the numbers, based on his age. That's interesting, but it puts in perspective who we're talking about here. That's a different era of human being. People, I think, that grew up, saw World War I, saw World War II, probably have a different mental makeup for most of the people today, including my generation, including me. It goes on to say he was born on a farm, born in a farmhouse in Franklin County, Pennsylvania, in 1902. He was the second of three children. His heritage was English, Dutch, Swiss, and German. Early on, he worked as a glue maker for Chrysler in, De in Detroit. In an interview, he mentioned operating a plant from 1929 to 1933 during the Great Depression. That plant caught fire, thus rendering him unemployed. With a partner named Chuck who had worked at the same plant, they put together $1,200, wow, to open his bow business in a garage, Bear Archery Company was thus founded in 1933. This is from the Wikipedia article. $1,200 in 1933. Holy cow. Now that $1,200 today, still a big deal. That's a big deal. But $1,200 in 1933, when you're in the midst of the Great Depression and you just lost your job, because your manufacturing plant burned down, $1,200 is a lot of money. I wonder what that is today. In fact, we're going to take a little break from this article. I'm going to go to Google. $1,200 in 1933 is worth how much today? We're going to see if Google can put that together. $1,200 in 1933 is the equivalent in purchasing power of about $24,146.03 today, an increase of $22,000 plus over 88 years. The dollar had an average inflation rate of 3.47% between 1933 and today. So that's why it's got a 1,900% purchasing value reduction. Wow, Google is fantastic. This is That is great information to have at my fingertips. So basically, if we go back to our Fred Bear article, in 1933, after losing his job, 1933, after 
suffering through part of, but not all of, the Great Depression. And we're not quite to World War II yet, really. Fred Bear and his friend managed to somehow pull together $25,000, right, to start their own business. That's amazing. It's amazing for anybody to have, even with a partner, $25,000 in this day and age to put together. And we are not going through a Great Depression. We are not coming off of World War I. We are not living in a world that is just looking on the threshold of World War II. We are not people who have just lost our jobs necessarily, although we've gone through a pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I suppose. But nonetheless, that's a remarkable feat from a remarkable person. In 1947, Bayer and his wife moved to Grayling, Michigan, where they lived in a tent along a river to keep their personal expenses down while trying to make a go of their bow business. Even as late as 1961, it was difficult making ends meet for Bayer. The following years proved prosperous, however, as more states permitted bow hunting and the sports growth steadily increased. This is a common theme I've seen from people in industries where they are the forefathers of an industry. They not don't necessarily reap the benefits of what they started, the full benefit of what they started. It's like Moses leading his people to the promised land, but never actually getting to live in the promised land. He sees it from afar, but never gets to live in the promised land. Bear puts together a very powerful company puts his passions to work, pours his life's blood into this venture, and obviously all of his savings, to the point where he is struggling to make a living. As late as 1961, it was difficult making ends meet. Years later, we get into the 80s perhaps, bear archery probably takes off as states open up archery seasons. But by that time, he's 70 years old. He never really reaps the benefit, probably, of what he started. Think about that. It shows you the passion that a guy has. It wasn't as though he started this business and started making money right off the bat. So, hey, I'll just keep doing it. That's great. He did this because that was his passion. There's no doubt about that, based on this information. That's my interpretation of this. Bear's interest in bow hunting was stimulated by another legend, Art Young of the Pope and Young Club, whom Bear met in Michigan in the late 1920s and often called his hero. Now, we're looking at Art Young. If you met him in the 1920s, that's telling me that Art Young predates Fred Bear, obviously. Bear's first bow hunting trophy was a Michigan whitetail taken in 1935. Incidentally, 1935 is the year in which my father was born. So again, we're looking at, at least from my perspective, how much older Fred Bear was than my father and my grandfather even. In ensuing years, he traveled the world with his bow and appeared before thousands of bow hunters promoting and teaching the sport. His televised debut was made on Arthur Godfrey and his friends with later appearances on The American Sportsman and The Tonight Show. He also produced several films of bow hunting around the world. Interesting, I, would, I grew up, Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show, Ed McMahon, all that good stuff. That was something that was popular while I was growing up. So I would be interested to know whether episodes of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson are available where we could see Fred Bear on The Tonight Show. I'll have to look that up on YouTube and see if that's, that's interesting. 
Bayer sold his controlling interest in his company in 1968, but continued on with the title of chairman. Very common experience in my experience. I've seen a lot of people who've started companies and then continue on in some honorary sort of position, not really controlling the company, not directing its day-to-day affairs, but nonetheless remaining on there, even if, in, if, if it is in name only. In 1978, following a strike and continuing labor problems, the Bear Archery Manufacturing Operation was relocated to Gainesville, Florida. Interesting. So in 1978, they moved the entire company to Gainesville, Florida, which incidentally is where he passed away years later, April of 1988. Now we get down to legacy, and this is where we'll sort of talk about what I think Fred Bear means for us as crossbow hunters and our heritage as participants in archery seasons. But I'll also talk a little bit about uh, what I think as far as Fred Bear is concerned and his thoughts might be on today's modern archery. He had patents that he held. His patent that he received in 1950 was for a composite archery bow. And it talks also in here about how he was immortalized in the song Fred Bear from the album Spirit of the Wild by Ted Nugent. I love that song, by the way, and that is also a great album. And I love the song Spirit of the Wild. There are some really neat things that this is bringing up, some memories and some thoughts that this article is bringing up. But notice that he has no patents for compound bows. I just want to point that out. There's a Fred Bear Museum that originated in Grayling, Michigan back in 1967. Eventually, that museum collection represented the largest privately held collection of archery artifacts in the world. Wow. At first, the museum remained behind in Grayling, but in 1985, it was also moved to Gainesville, which makes sense. That museum closed in 2003, and the collections were sold to the Bass Pro Shops chain. Interesting. So, the collection of archery artifacts, things that Fred Baird collected, things that Bear Archery had collected and things that were collected to represent Fred Bear and his legacy in this museum were sold off to Bass Pro Shops. That's a common thing that happens in the world. Since then, the Fred Bear Museum was displayed at the headquarters store in Bass Pro Shops in Springfield, Missouri. Very interesting. Exhibits included the story of Fred Bear and the bow hunting history, life-size animal mounts, bow hunting artifacts, some of his trophies and memorabilia, and historical bows and arrows used or built by Fred Bear and his company. That would be interesting to see, that's for sure. Interesting, and I think I will add that to the list, a growing list of places that I want to visit. Fred Bear was also the first president of Michigan's oldest archery club, Detroit Archers. A small collection of his memorabilia is located in the clubhouse for Michigan's oldest archery club, Detroit Archers. The most prized piece is that of one of his polar bear skins shot with an arrow. Wow, he shot a polar bear with an arrow. In 2006, Detroit Archers was broken into and the skin was stolen. Now that is awful. The case is still open and no suspects or evidence has been found as to the skin's whereabouts. There is no citation for this, but that is an awfully dull note to end this podcast on. That is awful. And if that doesn't sound like an inside job, I don't know what does. Somebody wanted that skin for themselves, so they have broken in and stolen it. I am not sure why anybody in the outside world, outside of somebody who is an archery fan, would have any interest in a polar bear skin. That is not the same as cash. I mean, you don't see people breaking into houses just to steal 
sentimental mounds like that one. That is unfortunate. I am sorry to hear that. And I really don't want to end the podcast on that note. So I will try to end on a more uplifting note. The question came up, and I get this, about whether Fred Bear would appreciate crossbows and modern archery. Now, what we know about Fred Bear was he is one of the people that inspired what we do today, what we enjoy today, and made it happen. He was very much into traditional archery. Times change. In the 1960s, somebody invents a compound bow. By the end of the 1960s, bear archery was building and making compound bows. I had read another article where Fred Bear had shot their compound bow, but naturally that's not really what he did. Fred Bear shot recurves, primarily. I suspect, and I commented on this in another in my video on Bear X Archery, that it probably really bothered the folks at Bear X to have to make a crossbow. <laughs> I bet that they put that off as long as they could afford to do so. Bear Archery is a company that was founded in the legacy in the wake of Fred Bear, founded by him, and they have grown due in part to his legacy. They started making compound bows when Fred Bear was still alive. They did that after he retired from the company, I would note, because if we go back to our article, if we look at that, he essentially sold his controlling interest in the company in 1968. Really, Bear Archery did not develop compound bows during the time that Fred Bear ran that company. I'm not suggesting at all that he resigned from the company, sold his controlling interest, stepped down because they were moving toward compound bows and starting that as part of their business. Certainly not suggesting that whatsoever. He was certainly of the age by the 1960s. He would have been in his 60s late 60s, in fact, by 1968 when he resigned from that company and sold his controlling interest. When he stepped away from Bear Archery, retirement was totally foreseeable and justified. So I, I totally get that. So they start making these compound bows. Years later, after his death, they start making crossbows. I had commented that they probably didn't like making the crossbows because these are traditional archery people. These are compound archery people. And now all of a sudden crossbows are where the market is going and people are more interested in crossbows. And for that reason, we have to start making crossbows. And they even sort of named it differently. They call it Bear X Archery instead of Bear Archery. There were some comments from folks suggesting that Fred Bear was probably rolling over in his grave when he saw modern crossbows. People had commented on things like that when I did a video about the 500 feet per second Raven, for example, that this isn't the kind of archery that Fred Beer would have appreciated. We will never know. And certainly not from this little podcast are we going to have an answer to that question about whether Fred Beer would like where archery is headed, where crossbows are headed, that sort of thing. We'll never know the answer to that. It's an interesting discussion nonetheless. I really do think, personally, that if you 
look at what we just discussed. A man who had that much passion, that much love for the outdoors, and that much passion about archery. I think he would respect the passion that me and a lot of friends of Bungie and other crossbow hunters around the world have for what we do. I really am passionate about crossbows and about being outdoors and now spending that time and my love of the outdoors, my love of the crossbow with my daughter and sharing it with you year after year, season after season on Death by Bungie. I think Fred Bear would appreciate that. I really do. It might not have been his bag. He might shoot a crossbow now and then. He probably would prefer to shoot a recurve bow. I totally get that. And that's why they make both. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me for this episode. And until next time, all hail Bungie and all hail Fred Bear. <laughs>